Well, good morning, everyone. Um, as we are still in the state of being mindful of the Holy Spirit in this place, um, I invite everyone who has the Bible with them to open up your Bibles and turn to Psalm 1. Um, our scripture for this morning is Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Um, and it is also going to be on the screen behind me. So let us together listen for the word of God. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Friends, this is the holy word of God given us to us today. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, as we enter this space and this time, we ask God that you would meet with us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, I ask that you'd open our eyes, that we would see our ears, that we would hear our minds, that we would come to know and understand your word and indeed your ultimate will. We pray, O oh God, that you would open our hearts, that we would feel its power then by your grace, open our hands that we might offer grace to the world. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've noticed this, this, this weird thing going on amongst a lot of my peers. Uh, uh, folks my age are a little bit older, but similar life stage. Uh, I, I've noticed that they've been looking for that next life's challenge. Uh, some of them have been pursuing it uh, through the potential of a job change or a redirection in their effort and, and, and focus uh, with regard to their, their work life. Uh, others of them are, are, are really doing it by becoming sort of like health fanatics or nuts of some sorts. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed it, but, but uh, I've seen, you know, 40-something-year-old guys around the community all of the sudden getting healthy. Right uh, now that they're they're not just walking, but now they're running more. They're they're finding their way over to the cycle bar. They're getting in uh, some Peloton or whatever sort of torture God has uh, has convicted them to do. Um, some of them are going on those long like MS you know 980 mile rides. Uh, others of them are uh, in, entering into marathons. Uh, some of them are quite insane, and they're even going and doing Ironmans, right? And, 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 I, and I, I've been wondering what's going on. A lot of my peers are finding ways to, uh, to get healthy and engage in this, but I think it's because they're, they're trying to find what, what is that next challenge for them in life. It, it seems as though they, they've put in uh, 15, 20 years in their workplace. Uh, they, they've, they've had... Uh, 15, 20 years in, in their marriage, they have kids that are now uh, a certain age, and, and they think to themselves, what is next? W what else is there? Uh, I, I, have, I have been climbing, and, and I've been achieving, and I've been working, and I've been productive, and I've been, uh, I've been finding success in so many of the ways uh, that the world would measure it, what's next? And so uh, in search of that what's next, they find themselves uh, torturing their bodies in really uh, horrible ways. Um, I have not yet joined that party, um, but maybe sometime soon. 
uh, I have a challenge to put out to all of you to, to think about those next life challenges and, and, and maybe redirect some of those energies or, or, or maybe find space for another uh, amount of effort. When we talk about spiritual disciplines, uh, when we talk about what it means to nurture one's spiritual life, uh, to, to, to cultivate one's faith and to grow deep and healthy roots, uh, we think of those things and, and as we do, uh, we think uh, that's for someone else at some time in some other place, not me. That sounds hard. Well, maybe that's exactly what I need to tell some of you that are looking for that next challenge, right? It is hard. It is a challenge. It, it takes a lot of effort. It takes discipline. It takes focus. It takes intentionality. It takes work. It takes the ability to, to, to put your whole self in it. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's, it's not worth it because you cross some, some physical finish line and you achieve some sort of goal. But it's worth it because it's a life's challenge. It's a life's goal. And it's a journey of faith that will grow in you. And, 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 and you will then grow in faithfulness and fruitfulness in the world. We have it articulated for us uh, at the end of this text. Uh, for, for any of y'all that are looking for ways to produce, for ways to achieve, to ways to be challenged, at the end of this text in verse 3 it says, uh, this is what it looks like to be blessed in this way. This is what it looks like uh, to nurture uh, your spiritual life. You will bear fruit. You want to achieve, this will bear fruit. This will also allow you to, to prosper in whatever you do. Maybe not prosper in the way that the world has defined it, or maybe not prosper in the ways that you have identified over the course of your lives. You need to prosper. But, but this is going to allow you in a godly way to produce fruit and to prosper in an extreme and profound ways. So, brothers and sisters, I put this before you. This is your next challenge. This is the most important challenge that you could lay before yourselves Step up, nurture your spiritual life of faith. Over the course of this summer, let it be the cultivating space that will allow you to move forward and grow in godliness and holiness. Because you will see, uh, you will see fruit and prosperity in spiritual measure beyond anything you could imagine. So that's where we are, that's what we're focusing on. And today when we came to the psalm, uh, we, we found ourselves orienting uh, our vision, our scope of direction on prayer and meditation. This is what we're talking about this morning, prayer and meditation. Uh, foundational spiritual disciplines that will orient our lives in such a way. And, and I invite you to, to consider with me this morning how we can meet those challenges. Now I'm someone that really likes uh, productivity. Uh, I, I really like to be able to measure and figure out how can we produce, to set goals, to figure out how we can achieve it. We just got back from mission trip, youth mission trip. Now this, this, is, uh, this is for me like, like a great joy. I love youth mission trip. We actually roofed uh, uh, this week, and roofing is my pleasure. I love roofing, okay? Roofing is, is my joy. And so my team was able to roof, and every day I marked in my mind, this is where we're going to get, this is what we're going to accomplish. And the youth, they were done. They were spent. They were ready to go home. And I was like, no, we have a goal. We will produce, we will achieve at this level, and then we will go home. And if you want slushies, happy hour ends at 4, okay? So uh, do you all not know that Sonic happy hour, 2 to 4, if you want slushies, half price? Okay. How do you all not know this? This is important stuff. So 
So uh, productivity is really kind of uh, ingrained in me. I had a, a couple of friends a while back that, uh, that, that, that have some similar characteristics uh, to me. Um, and we've all kind of wondered together if we're all ADHD. Have any of you ever wondered if you were ADHD? Have any of you ever wondered if I was ADHD? Uh, <laughs> uh, so so uh, it's possible. I drink a Dr. Pepper and it calms me and I go to bed. That's how, uh, that's how you know, caffeine opposite inversion. Anyway, so, um, so ADHD, a couple of my friends actually began medication. And, and, and you know, they started talking to me about these trigger words, these things that, that, that kind of piqued up my attention. They were like, man, it's been like a miracle for me. I've been able to focus. I've been able to, to have intentionality. My work has been crisp, and, and, and I'm able to just stay with something all the way to completion. And I'm able to produce more now than I ever have been able to in my life. And I'm like, dude, you were so highly productive before. That's awesome. Maybe I need meds, too. Give me the drugs um, because I, I, I like that that kind of desire to produce is there and then a couple of weeks later or maybe maybe a month or so later I was with with the same group of folks uh, but there was one additional person there and, and they were kind of recounting uh, to, to this 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 new face in the crowd this same sort of thing you know how they've been able to produce how they've been able to focus miracle drug take the drug it's going to be great and uh, and and then one of the things that was interesting is this, this, this new voice interjected into the conversation. It sounds like all of the things that you're experiencing with regard to treating your ADHD have been focused on productivity in a very constrained earthly sense. Have you ever thought about what could be happening now that you're able to focus in your relationships with your kids in your marriage and in your walk of faith and your spiritual health like just gut punch right like they were, they were completely focused on all that they were going to be able to achieve by producing more and more and more, but did not even have a glimpse of what it would be like to direct efforts intentionally in community, in relationship, in family, and in a life of faith that would be deeply rooted in the Lord. So that's been sitting with me. It's been it's been kind of uh, pushing me on this journey, uh, trying to uh, to figure out what it means to nurture my own spiritual health and and to and to allow uh, that to be a, a higher focus, a deeper intention for my life. Uh, we 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 approach uh, this morning's text. It, it's it's Psalm one, verse one through verse one through three, and. 
And, and, and the book of Psalms is this long book, and every, everybody knows, like, hey, if you want to find the middle of the Bible, just kind of open it up, and boom, there's the Psalms. And, there's, and you can't miss it because it's so long. And, and so, and so you, have this, you have this long text, and, and, and the book of Psalms is actually uh, broken up into five different books. It's, it's this huge collection of text, and it's broken up into five different books. And in the five different books, uh, we read the first chapter of the first verse of the first book of this collection, which seems to kind of be important, right? You have this, this, this mass narrative, uh, all of these psalms that are building on each other in some way, and, and you think, why, uh, why, are, why is this psalm the first psalm? Why is this book the first book? Why is this verse the first verse? And what can we learn from it? Uh, St. Augustine of, of Hippo actually uh, articulates this, this kind of uh, learning, this question about what it means uh, to, to, to find yourself looking at the meta-narrative of the Psalms. And he says this, he says, the sequence of the Psalms seems to me to contain a, the, the secret of a mighty mystery, but its meaning has not yet been revealed to me. He, he, he identifies there's this mighty mystery going on and there's this secret and you're trying to unlock it and you're looking at this whole thing and you want to understand why it's connected and what's the intentionality there. And then he says, but I, I can't quite figure out all of those key components that tie into the secret. And I'm with them in that. But I will say that I think that, that whenever, we, uh, whenever we read the first verse of the first chapter of the first book of the five books of the Psalms, we could see a great intentionality, a focus that, that might orient us towards that answer, what that secret is. You see, most of these psalms are, are, are written by David, uh, King David, uh, the, the David and Goliath, the David and Saul, the David and the dancing before the Ark of the Covenant, the David that, that orients the life of Israel into Jerusalem, establishes uh, the, this, this central political and religious capital, the, the David that wants to build the temple but lets his son build the temple according to the word of God, this David, right? This is, this is the David of the Psalms, and so whenever we hear uh, this orientation, we can see that, that David has a word that's going to propel him uh, all the way through his life. And every one of the Psalms uh, is guiding us back to this question. Blessed are those. Blessed are those who walk. Blessed are those uh, who, who stand. Blessed are those who sit in a certain way. And, bless, and, and, and you have to know how to not do those things as well. Because Three verses, uh, these three situations are all actually an inverse, and so we're looking for the positive as well. Blessed are those who walk this way, who stand this way, who sit this way, but not those other ways. Are you with me? You see that? And so uh, whenever we hear walk, we could think walk in the way that leads to life. When we hear stand, we could hear echoes of the scripture that say stand firm in the faith or you will not stand at all. Uh, when we hear sit, we could think about what it, me what it means for Jesus to now sit in the seat of righteousness at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, right? So all of these words uh, are, are, are orienting us uh, in this life of faith, but they also kind of encompass this thing. Uh, what else is left? Walking, standing, sitting. I mean, I guess you could run, you could jump, and you could lay down. Like, those are the only other options. But I think that what David is beginning to do here is to say, uh, your life's orientation matters. The, the, the focus of your life, the work of your life, what you're working to accomplish matters. 
And the first of those is, 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 to, is to walk in good counsel. Good counsel. Uh, because if you, if, you, if you don't walk uh, in good counsel, you're walking in, in the counsel of the wicked, is what this text says. You would be walking in the counsel of the wicked. So what, what does it mean to walk in good counsel and faithful counsel? Whenever, whenever you or I are looking for counsel, what do we do? Let's be honest. We Google it. We Google it. If you want counsel, if you want some wisdom, Google. Whatever your question is, how do you change this plumbing fixture? Uh, how, do you, how do you fix uh, your, 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 your jacked up, messed up kid? Uh, how do you uh, work on your marriage? Uh, what, 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 you know, just Google it. And Google has all the answers. All the answers. You want to answer, Google has it, right? Y'all are acting like y'all don't Google nothing. I know you. I know you. You need an answer, you turn to Google. Even, even whenever you want to know what the Bible says about something. You want to know what the Bible says about something? You Google it. You don't open your Bibles, brothers and sisters. You Google it. And so what we find, though, is now we have created these, these alternative, twisted forms of counsel that are falling short of what godly wisdom and counsel looks like. Right? And so what would it be for us to orient our lives with wise counsel, uh, to, to walk in the way of wise counsel, to, to reach out to other brothers and sisters who are walking in the faith, to reach out to folks who can mentor us and guide us all along the way and say, I need your counsel. Journey with me. Help me. Or what would it mean to go to God, our Father in heaven, who we have direct access to through the blood of the Lamb and the power of the Holy spirit and we can say god what wisdom do you have for me guide my steps help me walk in the way that leads to life what does that look like to receive counsel from the almighty god of all the universe the god that created everything but the god that also created you what a gift that is that there's no, there's, no, there's no intermediary, there's no veil, there's no anything that, that stands between you and God. You get to go directly to God and reach out, and he will and can and does provide you counsel. And then it says to stand, uh, that, that, that we're to stand in the path, another version says, or stand in the way. Uh, and, and, and what it means for us to... Uh, to stand in the way, we could either stand in the way of sinners or we could stand in the way of righteousness. That verse I quoted, uh, you, you will not stand firm. If, if you can't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. So what does it mean to stand in the way of righteousness? To be firmly planted with roots deep in the ground, knowing what it means to offer your life to the Lord. You know, uh, for, for most of us, you know, if we went back to that Google, if we were going to figure out what does it mean to, to, to stand in the way or the path of success, uh, we might Google it. Do you know that Google has 892 million different responses for the path of success? 892 million different ways in which you can stand in the path of success. But I'm here to tell you there's only... One way that leads to a path of prosperity, a path of fruitfulness, and that's to stand in the way of righteousness. That's to stand on our Lord Jesus, who allows us to become righteous when we have faith in him. 
What does it mean for us to stand in the way of righteousness? Then it, then it, then it says uh, to be seated, uh, to sit, uh, to sit down in the seat of mockers. Uh, the, the Hebrew word there actually has a, a number of different meanings uh, for mockers. It's mockers uh, or the scornful or the calloused, or uh, there's, a, there's another word, or the worthless. The worthless. That, that sometimes we sit and find our place of rest amongst what is worthless, trash, not helpful for anything. I like the tie of worthless to mock or, or uh, to, to mocking, uh, and it's a little bit convicting for me because uh, as a sports fan, I often find myself uh, wanting to or actually no, most of the time actually confess. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, actually mocking uh, the opponent, right? I want to tear them down as much as is possible. It goes way back to my childhood. I was in high school. I went. To one of the first games at Minute Maid Park back then, Enron. Uh, remember the days uh, before something about Enron, and uh, and so so I was down at a game. I was first base seats. We had great tickets. I was on the eleventh row. Chuck Knobloch was on the opposing team. He got a single. I yelled at him, Chucky, you're too slow. I bet you can't steal second. You're too slow. And I'm yelling at him and yelling at him and yelling at him. The entire time he's on first pickoff move, pickoff move, first pitch, pickoff move, second pitch, he tries to go to second. Because this young punk kid, at least that's what I like to think, uh, had been telling him, Chucky's too slow. Guess what? He got thrown out. Second time up to bat, Chucky gets a single. Chucky! You're too slow! You're too slow. I bet you can't steal second. You can't steal second. I bet you can't steal second. And I'm just nonstop on this guy. I'm standing up. Everybody around me sitting. Some of them are laughing. Some of them are like, shut up. You're so embarrassing. Uh, if that was, you know, if I had my kids there, that's what that would be. And, uh, and sure enough, sure enough, pickoff move, uh, first pitch, pickoff move, second pitch, third pitch, fourth pitch. He runs, gets thrown out at second. Third time up to bat, gets a single, Chucky's on, on, uh, on first. I do the same thing, the annoying little punk kid narrative. Uh, and, uh, and, and then midway through that, pickoff move one, he, he stands up on first base and he looks into the crowd and he says, shut up. <sighs> Man, I am so pumped, right? Like I am all over this dude I'm in his head he has nothing I have broken his spirits uh, <laughs> and, and of course what does that make me do get louder <laughs> and so I get louder he tries to go to second he gets thrown out pick he got he got caught stealing it at second three times in one game and uh, that was the joy of my life and it continued to kind of like like produce a great mocking of others uh, in my in my life's journey, which I am still trying to figure out how to heal from. So, or maybe not. Let's be honest. I kind of like it still. So, uh, where am I? God, that was good. Um, so, so to, to, sit, to sit in the seat of mockers, 
is to sit in the seat of worthlessness. I need to hear that. Whenever, whenever you ground yourself and root yourself in scorn, in mockery, in callousing of your heart, when you do those things, you find yourself sitting in a seat of worthlessness. There is zero value, none whatsoever in that. And so what, what, what is the opposite of that? You know, this is what, it, what will not result in blessedness. This will not result in blessedness. So what does result in blessedness? To sit in the seat of encouragement, to sit in the seat of, of, of offering love and grace to others, to sit in the seat of building people up, to root yourself in that, right? Like that's the turn, the, the transformative turn that will change your life and, 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 and remove that callousness from your heart so that you then can turn to your neighbors, can turn to others and offer life and grace and peace and a really powerful air conditioning that is going to blow upon all of us. ADHD, wherever um, or rain. We've never had rain during worship. I didn't know what it sounded like. Uh, there we go. Um, <laughs> focus, focus, focus. <laughs> Productivity, drugs. Okay, good. Um, so when it, whenever it says, blessed are those that do not, that do not, that do not, then we have to see the turn. For those of you that have been with me for a while, you know that I really, uh, I really relish the opportunity to focus in on, to, to see the small words in Scripture that create this turn for us. This turn for us. And, and in this, I want you, if you have your Bible still out, to underline the word but. But because that, that word but becomes the flip. It, it, it says these things result in the negative, but if you want that positive, if you, if you want that early blessing that leads to fruit and prosperity, then you need to, to see what comes next. So, so if you underline and focus, circle uh, that, that but, then you will see how it turns for us. And it says, but those who delight is in the law of the Lord. They meditate on the law day and night. So, so when, they, when they find uh, joy, when they find delight in God's holy word, then, then they, find, uh, they, they find it impacting their everything. Their day and their night, their everything, their all. And it's transforming them in powerful and profound ways. Their delight, their joy is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. They meditate on it day and night. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that I, I, I'm not going to stand before you and tell you praying, meditating is easy. I mean, I, 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 I could describe. 
describe for you what that looks like. Uh, that, 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 that praying is just having a conversation with your Heavenly Father. That, that meditating is just dwelling and knowing that, 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 that prayer uh, is, is, is not just you to God, but God also speaks to you. So that meditation allows God to pour into you. And so this prayer meditation becomes a two-way street of relationship between you and God. And, 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 and it sounds like a really simple uh, definition. And, and, and I hope that all of you can, can learn to live a life of prayer and meditation because God will richly bless that relationship. But I, I, I'm, I'm honest with you in saying that's not easy. It's a challenge for us to live there in prayer and meditation. But if we want to make it a little bit easier, if we want to take the first step maybe, maybe some of you don't have a prayer life, don't have a life of meditation, and you're ready to say, all right, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to give this a try. God's word for us has a very clear first step. Find delight and joy in God's word. Meditate on it day and night. At all times, meditate on it. While we were on mission trip, uh, this last week with the youth, um, one of the things that the organization does to wake everybody up is they play music over the speakers. There's speakers in every room. There's speakers in, in the bedrooms. And so while you're sleeping, uh, you, you have this music wake you up. And the first day it was, right? And so like we had Lion King bless us the first day. And then, uh, then another day uh, we had uh, a montage of Selena. Uh, bless us in the morning. And so we, we heard bitty bitty bum bum. Bitty 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 bum bum. And so so we had uh, we had that wake us up. But you know we want to know what was interesting about that. So I'm roofing. I got my team up on a roof. It's hot. It's uh, you know 1 2 o'clock in the afternoon and we're we're shingling and as we're shingling you want to know what I heard some of our students sing? Bitty bitty bum bum Bitty, 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 bum, bum. Right, and they're hammering nails into a roof, and that song is still with them. Y'all know what that's like. When, when there's a song that stays with you an entire day. Some of you get that on Sundays. You come to worship, and, and, and you might have in your head, at 5 o'clock this evening, it is well with my soul. And you might be singing, it is well, it is well, it is well with me. Praise God. That's the kind of thing that is this first step into prayer and meditation that, that the psalmist, that David gives us to root our lives in. He says, delight in the word of God and then meditate it day and night. And so in the morning, in the morning you, you could say, all right, I'm going to do John 3.16, just the beginning of it. For God so loved the world. And all day long you could allow yourself to be thinking and praying and experiencing this
Lord, let that be part of our life. Let that be part of our journey of faith. Let us grow in that so that we yearn to meet with you, that we meditate, that we hear from you day after day, all day, every day, all night, every night, and you transform our lives through that gift of love and communication.